Bring it in. Read option podcast back and uh, somewhat better than ever. <laughs> uh, you can probably tell right off the bat my voice sounds like shit. Uh, we had all three of us. We will be honest. We have the full crew today. Uh, we had we had a little bit of a indulgent Sunday fun day. Um, Scotty and I were together. Uh, we had a, a group of, of my friends and people came together to uh, celebrate my uh, birthday a little bit early. So we just did like a little, just hit, hit a couple bars and uh, people are buying you drinks. And, you know, next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night and and you're, you're hammered. Now, um, <laughs> luckily I'm, I, I didn't have work today. So I, I wasn't like I was doing being too irresponsible, but yeah. So uh, I had a bit of a day. Scotty had a bit of a day as well. And uh, Vito had an yeah. awesome day. Uh, could was not out with us, unfortunately, but uh, got to see some some fun football there in uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, even nicer to be in a you know legit suite, so wind weather didn't affect us. It was shitty out, so that was clutch. Um, yeah, got to go to this awesome suite, hang out, uh, and everyone left at like halftime slash early third. Really, a lot, of them, a lot of them traveled in. Like you guys will love this. You guys think I'm crazy with travel, right? Like. My dad was here in Cleveland Wednesday to Friday, flew home Friday, flew back Sunday morning because he was going to the game. It was like a work thing. And he went to the game and then flew out Friday after the game. Wow. Like, so he just flew home Friday night to come back Sunday morning to keep a day at home. To, like, he's like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> anyway, so he's nuts. But they all left. So it was just like me and another guy alone in the suite, free beer, free food, Damn. going to town. And then at the end, the Browns like came back. They're down 10 in the fourth, come back. And the fail Mary thing happens for uh, uh, the Bears, which was crazy. And anyway, we'll get into it. But it was a crazy day. Super fun. So, yeah, we all got a little bit uh, after it. And I kept it going after that. Um, Man, it's one of those things when you're at a live event, something exciting like that happens. Like, oh, my God, that was crazy. It yeah. just amps you up to drink a little more. Like the next two beers are for, like just go down without so anything. easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. We it was an aggressive aggressive Sunday for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? It was uh, it was fun. It did mean, however, as I was hungover, uh, laying in bed, uh, door dashing food because which I very rarely very rarely ever do. Uh, I was able to just watch all the recaps listen to some podcasts, do a little bit of reading here and there uh, to make sure that we, you know, because we would never come on this podcast fully unprepared, but just there are, there'll be little things that might've, uh, might've missed. I can't remember a Sunday where I watched like less NFL, um, which is kind of crazy. Cause I feel like I, you know, I've, I've been busy. I've been traveling, whatever. I still just like live, you know, we were watching the games at the bar. Scotty and I put in some bets and we were making some money here or there. Um, but yeah, it was it was wild. Some wild finishes too, um, yeah. and and it was great because we had Saturday, so I got to at least watch all the games on Saturday and uh, Thursday night, which uh, we can touch on briefly. Holy shit! Uh, um, the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, forty two points in the first half, put up a sixty burger on the Chargers and uh, put the final nail in the Brandon Staley coffee uh, coffin as he is out as the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Uh, I think we all knew it was coming. He, I think there's a chance he would have held on to that job through the end of the season had he, uh, excuse me, uh, had this game not been bad. But I think when when it's this embarrassing of a loss, you kind of have to just own up and be like, yep, no, we got to pull the trigger on this. So uh, Brandon Staley's out. And look, that will be as as favorable of a job as you will find in the NFL. Big, obviously big market in the Chargers. The fan base is not really there um, because it's a brand new stadium and awesome facilities. And of course, you get Justin Herbert. So, uh, and he's under contract for a long time too. So you're going to get an opportunity to coach. Uh, be curious to see where they go in that direction. They go from, uh, was it Anthony Lynn? Was that the coach there before? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Brandon Staley, uh, you know, kind of an old school coach and Anthony Lynn offensive guy. Then you get the young defensive guru guy and, uh, Brandon Staley. And I'm, I'm curious where they'll go with, uh, with, with this hire, um, I don't know well, it's LA, so you know it's going to be a splash. Could be. I mean, the Chargers aren't quite that. You know, their Chargers aren't quite like that. Yeah, they're now, not the Rams. You know? Yeah, uh, Belichick. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Belichick. Free, that it's such a good spot. Like you said, it's so attra- it's such attractive spot to have Herbert to have the defensive players they even have like Cleo Max having a season. You know, yeah. like or specifically some huge games. But yeah, they're going to have a good team. They need someone who can get the best out of Derwin James Jr. and the best out of some of these guys who have underperformed. And like yeah. Belichick is 100% someone who will get your your floor of your ceiling way up. Like he'll beat the teams he's supposed to. So if that's free, that's like a home run. But um, this is this is the start of it, right? We have how many, like, I hate saying it. We're going into week 16. Yeah. God. But so we have, you know, a couple weeks left until a lot, of, like the next, uh, we'll make it a shoe or two to drop here. In the next couple of weeks, but and and when the regular season ends, there's going to be another three or four coaches fired. That's when all the interviews start coming along and everything like that. So it's it's going to start getting crazy for the coaches um, all over the NFL. Well, and it's interesting too because I don't know who the next coach fired might be. Right, like I could see a situation where like Pete Carroll steps down at the end of the season, right? Especially with the way the second half of their season's gone, and he's. Oh, so, you know, up there in age, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's 73, I think Um, he's obviously in great shape and he's young and, you know, young in spirit, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, the Raiders, obviously we know McDaniels is out. We have now the Chargers opening. You would imagine Washington will move on from Rivera. uh, And then there'll always be one or two surprises, right? There'll always be a team that like, uh, you know, LaFleur out at Green Bay, something like that, right? Yeah. Well, I guess Frank Frank Reich's gone too, so you have Carolina with the head coach. Um, I can say maybe like Arthur Smith, you know, in Atlanta. You know, I I feel like that's that that team has just been so underwhelming for the amount of talent that it has, uh, and and to not even be able to win that division, which right now it looks like they are not going to win that division, is a big time loss. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Other other than that, I mean, though, there might be one or two other one like that, like you said, Vito, the kind of surprise. Black Black Monday is coming, uh, but yeah, Brandon Staley, third coach down uh, in this NFL season. Uh, the Saturday games started off with a banger. Minnesota and Cincinnati was a great, great uh, game and a big win from Cincy. That touchdown catch and stretch by uh, T. Higgins was one of the sickest touchdowns I've seen in a long time. Football is yeah. amazing. That's like, it's such a simple game at some certain points. Right. And like, yeah. we see sick touchdown catches all the time and toe taps and all this stuff. And yet, even though it is so simple at its core, 
we still see shit like new ways. Like I've never seen somebody make that kind of a move to score a touchdown, right? It's just every week there's always something new that you've never seen before. Um, but yeah, next now, I mean, it's crazy to say it, but the Cincinnati Bengals and Jake Browning sitting at eight and six uh, and very much in the playoff hunt. Uh, I believe if the season ended today, they'd be a sick, the sixth seed. Uh, I don't have this. I don't, I don't have the standings up in front of me, but that's pretty crazy considering Joe Burrow went down over a month ago and, uh, and they were not playing great football at that point either, but here we stand. And the Cincinnati Bengals would be the sixth seed. If the season ended today, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five teams right now with an eight and six record. Uh, The Jags Colts Texans all in the same division, all, tied at eight and six so jacksonville you know we thought hey this is going to be their division and houston and indy just keeps finding ways to win but the cincinnati Bengals right now they're they look like a playoff team that defense has come around they're playing really really complimentary football and with how weird that defense that brian flores is running in minnesota you could see like jake browning had no idea where to go with the football for that entire first half and then they slowly started to figure out and they found different ways to get the ball moving and uh, they pull off a big win here and, and set themselves up pretty good to, to try to make a postseason run. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's insane what they're, what the Browns have done with, without Joe Burrow um, and the way that Jake Browning's fit in. Did you see that clip after the game uh, oh, after so they, cool. they kicked the walk-off field goal and he looks at uh, one of the sideline cameras and goes, you never should have, Leap and cut me. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> talking about sure. getting cut oh, by the by the Viking. Oh. Like, how cool is that, man? For for him to have a moment like that, and then be not only get that team back in the game, but drive them down the field in overtime when they didn't get the ball first. So, um, I I love what he's doing. I love what the the Bengals obviously have the talent on on the offensive side of the ball. And I said it, you know, last week when we when we previewed these games. It's only a matter of time before lose defense comes around, and. uh and starts playing like, like a Lou Anarumo defense does. Yeah, um, and that's the scary part is because if that's happening and the offense is humming again, even without Joe Burrow, that's a dangerous team to play. Doesn't matter what their record is. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Um, it's gonna be yeah, it's fun, fun stretch. It, it'll be fun to see. Yeah, he was seventh rated high, seventh highest rated quarterback, um, in uh, the NFL this week. And that was after really, really struggling on the opening, you know, first half there. Uh, yeah. I just, yeah, I feel like with their defense, you know, I, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but, and we, we can ask this question now because I'm curious. Uh, Jacksonville, Cincy, Indy, Houston, Buffalo, all eight and six, only three can make it. What three would you guys say right now that you think are the teams that would make it out of that group? Buffalo, for Buffalo. sure. They're a wagon I'm- right now. I'm I'm going them. Yeah. Um it was I'm sorry, then the Bengals, Colts, Texans, and Jacksons. I would say man, especially with what's going on. So I mean, depending on what happens with concussion protocol and um with Trevor Lawrence. So by the way, if he can't play this week, which it's very hard to go from in one week and get past it. Well, it's not hard, it just doesn't happen. It's under 50% chance. Yeah. It'll be the first game that Trevor Lawrence misses in his entire career, high school, college, or NFL. Wow. Insane. Insane stat. Um, So point is that like, if he's out, 
I'm going to take the Texans and the Bengals. If he plays, I'm going to go Texans and, and Jags um, to, to make the playoffs. It's going to be close. And maybe, maybe the Broncos squeak ahead of one of those teams, but Interesting. probably not. <laughs> so I like I like yeah, the go ahead, Scott. I like the Colts. I like the Colts there yeah. because that schedule is so favorable. They've got the Fal- uh, at the Falcons, Raiders, and Texans uh, to round out the year. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty. Those are three games you should win if you're the Colts, um, especially two of them at home, uh, where they yeah. play really well and move the ball really well. Um, I like them to get out, even if they go two and one in that stretch. I think they're still a playoff team because if one of those two wins is against the Texans, then that takes them out, and mm-hmm. you know. We'll see. I mean, the Bengals, they play in the AFC North, so uh, it's its going to be a tougher road. I, I don't have their schedule up in front of me. Let me pull it up real quick. See their final three games, which I believe are yep, Vikings Steel, at Steelers. Oh, no, they just played the Vikings. At Steelers, at Chiefs, and at Browns. That's a tough stretch uh, yeah. for for uh, for the Bengals. But, yeah. you know, if they play the, the way they did on, uh, on Saturday, I don't see a, a world where uh, where they lose two of those games, um, so yeah, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun rest of the way for the AFC to sort of shake out the uh, the bottom half of of the playoff picture there. Well, in Cleveland, by the time they play Cleveland, Cleveland might already have a playoff spot locked up. They may not have any yeah. incentive because right now they're two games behind Baltimore. I don't think they're going to be able to close that gap unless Baltimore completely collapses here. Now, look, Baltimore does have to play San Francisco, uh, and that's going to be a really tough game. Um, but I think for the most part. Cleveland will end up being in a position that week 18 where they're not even going to have to play starters. And that could be a way that since he gets into the playoffs too, if they, yeah. you know, if that's one of those wins they need, what's interesting is Buffalo is the, is actually in the, the toughest spot because they're last out of all the tiebreakers. So between Jacksonville, Cincy, Ugh. Indy, and Houston, Buffalo, that's they're ninth those, right now, right? Yeah. There's, they're the ninth seed right now. Um, but Houston, CJ Stroud, we don't know if he's coming back next week. I think he's supposed to, but he didn't clear concussion protocol and Nico Collins didn't play this week either. He is expected to go next week, which will help. Um, but I, I I feel like of those teams, Buffalo is by far the best one. I think Cincinnati probably drops out. Um, I love Indy and I, I still love Houston, right? Um, I think Buffalo has a really good chance to win out. And if they do that, um, they have to play Miami again, though, don't they? We pull up the Buffalo's remaining Buffalo's remaining schedule. They, I know that they were really they like Chargers, yeah, Chargers, Pats, Dolphins. So they have one um, more hard game, yeah. basically. But again, Miami might that might be a situation you, where they yeah where they rest their starters. Yeah, um, and then maybe I mean that those should be two wins for Buffalo, right? Which would get them um, would get them to ten and six. Uh, it'd be amazing. If Buffalo finishes 11 and six after where they were earlier in the year. That'd be pretty fucking wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll be three of those teams. I can, I also see where with Jacksonville. I, mm-hmm. I, Jacksonville has not been impressive. And, you know, it comes back to like what I, when we had that fight earlier in the season, Vito, where it was like, it's not that they're a bad team. They're, they're a good team, but I just don't think there's, I don't think there's more than that. I, there, there's been something with them that hasn't been clicking all year. And yeah. I, I think they have talent on paper. It makes sense, but this is three straight losses. Cincy, Cleveland, Baltimore. Um, they barely held on to beat uh, Houston, which obviously helps them. That's a big win for them in, in terms of that. But like, look at the teams that have all chased or, or stayed ahead of them, right? You know, in, in the playoffs, Cincy, Cleveland, Baltimore. Those are three really important games. They lost 
that Cincinnati game on Monday night game, like that's the one you go back. You're like, how the fuck did we lose that game? Yeah. Um, but they finish up with Tampa Bay, Carolina and Tennessee. So they do have a pretty easy remaining schedule. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that, that totally feels like Jacksonville wins and they win the division. If they lose, they're like the seven seed and they're going to play Tennessee in week 18 and Tennessee has nothing to play for. And Mike Vrabel somehow gets those guys to win that game. Like that's exactly what that game feels like it's going to be, but we'll see. It's going to be a fascinating stretch here uh, with the AFC playoff picture. Uh, One of those teams we just talked about the Indianapolis Colts continuing to win. And I know I've said it all year, but Holy shit. Shane Steichen is a great fucking coach to have this team at eight and six with the roster that they have uh, being down 13, nothing early in this game, playing with Gardner Minshew as your quarterback, uh, this, which is not to say Gardner's a bad quarterback, but you know, he's, he's, he's not the guy you signed up for when you start the season. Yeah, no, no. And, and he's, he's done things to continually keep them in games. Uh, but they, they did this without Jonathan Taylor the last three weeks. They did it without Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they just keep finding running backs to come up out of nowhere and, and, and play for them. And the defense has honestly been the most surprising part, I think, all season, which is that there's, there's not like what, what's the household name on the Colts defense right now? Like DeForest Buckner, I guess. Is he? Still, I, yeah, I, I yeah. think he I think he's it. Right. Like there's not really under any other name that jumps out that you're like, oh, yeah, Probably like. Right. Like, it, but they just, they play fundamentally great defense. The Steelers, on the other hand, um, talk about those surprise coaching changes. Oh, Scotty and I had the conversation yeah. earlier in the week, and I I would be surprised. I don't think I'd be shocked, though, if Mike Tomlin was out. I, don't, I just, the Steelers have never fired a coach, so we just don't know, right? It'd be literally an unprecedented situation. You know, them yeah. moving on from a coordinator was weird, <laughs> let alone would they actually move on from Mike Tomlin the first year he may not have a winning record. That's that's crazy. And and that's where I think it's the Roonies. They're a little bit uh, – they've been around the game since it started. Like, I, I think everyone – like, I don't, he's not going anywhere, in my opinion. I'd be shocked. I would be I would shocked agree. personally. I would be shocked. Yeah, that, that seems to me like a lot of the smoke that, that New England's getting where they're like – yeah, they already decided Belichick is done, and it's like I don't really think that's how that works. But um, even, yeah, that one's a little more. I think that would that one is way more realistic. I think than even the Tomlin. One. That's there's too much smoke. What, there's too that's much what smoke I'm saying. With, the, with the Patriots thing for there not to be fired. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, at this point, I I th- I think the Belichick thing is done. I, I really that's do. that's my my point is that there, because there is all that that smoke, and you're hearing none of that out of it's. Yeah. I don't think you ever would anyway, but like still. I think yeah. the Belichick thing is a, a much more real scenario than Tallman getting fired at the end of this season. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, but yeah, the Colts are good. The Colts are a yeah, really, they are, really man. good football team, and they're fun to watch. They're the coaching in it, the game calling, play design, everything that they do is is making the most of what you have. It's 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 the epitome of what good, really, really good coaching is, which is take what you have and how do you get the most out of this, the biggest juice from the squeeze, right? And that's that's what Shane Steichen's been doing all season. And uh, they deserve a shitload of credit because they, they're a fun team to watch. Like, I want to see the Coach, Colts in the playoffs. Coach of the year right now, if I, you yeah, ask me. I think so. I, I think absolutely. The job he's doing? It's also yeah. crazy, to your point, like what it sets up for next year for the Colts because Anthony Richardson comes back. He's been able to, you know, rehab and do everything he needs to do physically, but like the mental side of it. Now, now we know that 
Gardner Minshew can do this with the team, especially takes in the playoffs. Like that is a bar, right? And Anthony yeah. Richardson hasn't started a full season by any means. I don't forget like six games or eight. I don't even know how many he had, but four, like he is going to have his rookie year next year and just watch out. Cause like Colts fans shouldn't be frustrated, but th- there are going to be expectations that are a little higher now in Indy. That's fair. That is fair. But I mean, we saw when Anthony Richardson was playing, like, that cool, offense, yeah, they, yeah. They, were, they were doing a lot. And, again, that so much of that comes to coaching, which is take and, – and it's tough with a young quarterback because you want to develop them, so you want to kind of push them out of their comfort zone to some degree. But, you know, this is what we we criticize the Bears for, for, you know, this whole Justin Fields era, which is like do – like play to the strength of your quarterback. If he develops other things while he's – like along the way, that's great. But you have to put him in situations where he's going to do things that he's good, you know. And and that's what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. Like when you have these guys that are hell, that's even what the, the Chiefs did at the beginning of the Pat Mahomes era, right? They were running that but Texas the, Tech offense, that air raid spread it out. Like, let's see what we can do. They would roll offense. the pocket so much more than they do now. Oh it was God, always yeah. on the on the move. Yeah. Yeah. And so credit where credit's due that like Shane Steichen is a very good coach, and that's how they're running that offense, and they're doing it the same thing with Garner Minshew right now. But next year, I think it's a fantastic point, Vito. Like, you're going to have expectations because, hey, look, we won eight to ten games in our first, you know, season with with Shane Steichen. How are we getting better next year, right? And we're going to have our quarterback here, but he's still raw. And, you know, I I don't know. Maybe get a hurdle, give him time to understand the playbook better and stuff. But, like, he needs the reps, too. Like, if there's yeah. one thing that he needs, it's, it's the reps. Um, but, yeah, e- either way, I trust Shane Steichen – to get the most out of Anthony Richardson next year and to continue to develop him. Cause I think he's just that good of a coach. Uh, all right. Last game from Saturday, Vito, your boys, um, the lions yeah. 42 Broncos 17. Um, saw. Yeah. I mean, it was a five consecutive touchdown drives. Um, really, yeah. really impressive stuff from the Lions offense kind of felt like we needed to see this out of the lions. Uh, just because we haven't in a while, like they they've been so up and down. This was kind of the the, the ex- expectations that they had had, and oh, are they overrated. Is the defense too bad? They played a really good football game and um, played a good defense too, and and they dominated. The uh, score could have been worse, which is actually crazy. Yeah, um, definitely could have. <laughs> uh, we we also had a lot of opportunities. Um, that mishap with all right, so I love Sean Payton for this reason. When Russ gets to the sideline, he just yells at him, like, yeah. "What the fuck are you doing?" So what what had happened there? If you guys weren't watching, was that we the the play before we probably got in the end zone, and they were thinking about challenging it, but Russ like hurries up and runs the play, and they weren't subbing. It's not like we were catching him off guard. And Sean was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" We were like looking at that, like, "Don't what are you doing?" We had time, like, just run a normal play like huddle do whatever and, and it was crazy because sean calls the place so there's definitely it was like dude you probably hurried up ran something i didn't even ask like say anything in the headset you know what i mean like just give yeah. it a second huh. and and so they were on the separate page there we got in the end zone three three plays in a row i would argue none of them were called touchdowns um two of them were marked short and we didn't review it and i think it was like oh we'll get the next one next play we got it anyway it was a really frustrating game in that regard where like we were right there and you could argue we were in, but Hey, they didn't call it. What, what are you going to do? You got to get the ball in the fucking end zone. Right. And yeah. then we do. And there's a penalty because our right guard lined up offsides, which 
Like his helmet's that, just on the ball. Yeah, that fan. Yeah. He, the the screenshot of that was tough. Now I'm not usually a big fan of like screenshot guy on Twitter because it's yeah. like yeah, screenshots really not like that just doesn't doesn't always tell the whole the whole story. That one though, I I totally understand the frustration that comes from from Broncos fans. I would be pissed off. And and like I'm not even too upset because like I get he was further ahead than everybody else. So you're putting yourself at risk for that. But I I just think that like. That's our team right now. We didn't have those mistakes in the last six to seven weeks. We weren't making those idiotic plays, and now we are, and it's back to the drawing board. We played a good team. Now we got to win out and hope some other teams lose, and and that's where we're at. Uh, Lions are a good team, man. They exploited all the holes in our defense, made us look bad, um, ran the ball all over us. Uh, Man, they're a good running team. Like I know Jared Goff and he is They were bullying the shit out of you. Dude, they have a good line. running team. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. me. Uh, it got so bad that I actually put this game on a second TV and muted it and watched the Star Wars marathon. Um, <laughs> yeah, currently, yeah, that's that's where I was at during this game. Um, building yeah. Lego, like I got the Millennium Falcon giant Lego thing. Yeah, and, you were telling me about that. And yeah, so I was just like, you know what? I'm over this game. I'm gonna stop watching my team suck and lose me money. I'm gonna just yeah. go to a peaceful place. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, the uh, yeah. Denver Broncos were a good football team. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up basically from how I felt it was that Saturday night. Sometimes <laughs> you just you just gotta because you you did the right thing too because you can't turn it off completely. You know right. you have to you have to if you're a fan you got to take, you gotta take it bad. Yeah, but it does it doesn't have to be on the main TV. You know, no, yeah. you, hell, you can even just check the score out. You know. Uh, <laughs> Except for yeah, well the the Sunday night game against Dallas, I was I I hate watched that until about four minutes left in the fourth quarter, and then I said, okay, it's it's time, I'm going to bed. Uh, but yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's interesting though. So that that offsides thing, and, and obviously we had the whole discussion with Kadarius Tony last week, and yeah. the NFL has been making that an emphasis this year. Every single year, the NFL has rules. They're like, oh, we're, we don't make this a point of emphasis. It feels like the most arbitrary like random things every single year they pick yeah. it and it's like how did the competition committee or whatever come together and decide that that was the thing that they wanted to like but is we, it too many but tweets? we still don't know what a catch is like yeah <laughs> what are we it's doing like, it's 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 like what, there are too too many people screenshotting the game and tweeting about it and that's why you're making an emphasis like are you getting that much of an advantage lined up a you know six inches forward i i understand like the, the letter of the law but it just seems so arbitrary and random to me. And I, yeah, I just was not a, I don't know. It just seems weird. I don't know. The NFL I does it every I was, year. I, I know. I wish I was in that room. Like, I think a lot of fans do of just like, what do you guys care about? Like, it's hard to tell, right? Because yeah. the rules that are being enforced is that like, we want to make sure that pre-snap everyone is actually lined up. So we're going to call offsides on offenses and we're going to call illegal formations more and all that stuff. But the crazy thing is, I'll tell you this right now. Like, I don't know why, but a kind of pet peeve of mine is illegal formations. Like every play I check five linemen and where the two guys on the line. Yeah. And I will tell you right now that that people lining up and covering each other happens way more often than a guy a little bit forward in the ball. And we're going to call offsides. Like if you're trying to fit, that's what I mean. If you're trying to fix pre-snap everyone being aligned, look at illegal formations more than you're looking at whether a guy is lined up offsides or not, at least from the offensive standpoint, defense, yeah. I get it. If it's a lineman, 
but even a corner, like when they call it on corners, it's like, dude, like he clearly yeah. is just getting ready for press coverage. Just yeah, it's, it's yeah. fine, you know. Like no, yeah. I I totally totally agree. That's um that's a really good point. And also, we shouldn't have like getting called for illegal formation is one of the dumbest penalties. It's like how how you practice that it's your whole job is to be in the right place. Like before the snap even goes, like you run a route a little too shallow or a little a little too steep or whatever. Okay, like I understand that that happens. You can't rip every play for every player for every mistake that they make. But something right. like illegal formation, that's just an immediate five yards, and you're just like, come on, dude. Like, what the yep. fuck are we doing? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Broncos seven and seven. They uh they're, <laughs> hey, they're not out of it yet. I didn't think we'd be here. I didn't yeah. think we'd be here. And here's the best part. Preseason, I still have a $200 bet out that we would get over eight and a half wins. Boys, if we can get to nine wins, I will be thrilled. From where the season was I at. I think you can. I mean, that was insane. So from one and five to nine and seven would be an amazing turn. We got two games left. I'm worried a little bit more now because, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know about you Who guys. Who are the last but... three games? Pats, so... Chargers, at Raiders. Pats, Chargers, Raiders. Oh, you can get right. two out of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can definitely get two out of that. I'm worried about the Raiders now. And I'm a little worried about the Chargers of the fired head coach. Like, we'll see what happens with those two teams, and it's divisional. Yeah. But Patriots are feeling good. That's a, that's going to be your Sunday – or yeah, Sunday night, Christmas Eve Christmas night Eve. game. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone's really stoked and, and up late. The Patriots and Broncos, that'll be a good Yeah, game. wonder if that'll get Come flexed Come home from church out. and get to watch that. <laughs> right? I, bet, I bet you that gets flexed out. No, it's they're, they're leaving it. It's are they? close. They confirmed, yeah. Wow. How funny is that? Maybe they're just anticipating people not watching football on Christmas Eve. I, I think know. that is probably the Christmas Eve game. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, it's, it's not it's not uh NFL or not uh NBC Sunday night game. It's on NFL Network, which yeah, is why it probably NFLs. won't get flexed. Oh. Yeah, let's let's see if I pull up. We have some good games though on Christmas and Christmas Eve. Yeah. You get Thursday. Dude, think, hello. Yeah. Thursday night you get Saints and Rams. Yeah, I know the 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 cherry the on Super top Bowl of that. Uh, preview. Uh, Saturday you got Bengals Steelers and Bills Chargers on Saturday. Sunday uh, Lions Vikings should be a pretty good game. Uh, mm-hmm. I know everyone's excited for Commanders Jets. That game's gonna be uh, that game's <laughs> oh, gonna baby. be fire. Texans uh, Jags could be good. Jags Bucks is an interesting game. Uh, Cowboys Dolphins. Uh, Eagles, and then on Christmas Day, you have Eagles, Giants, uh, Raiders, Chiefs, and then of course the the coup de gras, uh, Ravens, Niners on Christmas Day, eight fifteen. So excited! That's gonna be a fun game. Like honestly, is it though, bad that I'm more excited to... for Christmas this year because of this football slate than I have been in like two three years. I'm just glad the Eagles are playing the the Giants because last year on Christmas Eve. They played the Cowboys, and it was the game that Jalen was out and Garmin yeah. Minshew started. And they almost won, and they didn't. Uh, and that sucked because my whole – the whole Gimple side of the family is sitting in the bar room, like, watching this game home around the TV, motherfucking left and right. Um, I'd like to avoid that if we can. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to get to the uh, Sunday games and uh, run through that stuff on the other side. Take a quick break. We'll be back in one sec. All right. Uh, Sunday games. We'll start off. Let's start off with the game you were at there, Vito. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, before before we go in too much, uh, 
pretty good week from the boys as a whole. Um, Scotty, seven, five, and three. We had three pushes this week. One of them was this game, Bears-Browns. Uh, and we had Saturday, Bengals, Vikings, and then the Texans and Titans also. All three of those were pushes. Um, Scotty, f- seven, five, and three. Uh, Vito five six and three and then I went eight four and three and we have Monday night football tonight uh, Vito and Scotty are on the Eagles I took the Seahawks honestly with all the injuries and stuff like when, at the time we recorded this like we didn't the Darius Slay news wasn't out yet um, he's out for that Jalen the Jalen stuff with his st- stomach bug um, the Matt Patricia calling plays <laughs> yeah yeah so I Dude. I <laughs> Essentially, like firing Sean Desai, but not firing Sean Desai. Like, if your defensive coordinator isn't calling plays, then what the fuck is he doing? Like, and he's not run. Apparently, Patricia's running the defense. Yeah, like, it wasn't just calling. It was like running that. Like, he's gonna make decisions, but he's not defensive coordinator. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild, wild to me. Um, but yeah, that's that's also a lock for me. And I got to shout out our boy Scotty. 4-0-1 on the locks. Impressive. Big week. Sorry, bat it. Big Impressive. Week. Big, big. Jeff, and, yeah. Gain some ground, two, two and one, I think. 2-1. Uh, hey, when, every time you're you're over even, that's good. And I'm at a weird record here. 1-0-2. So, yeah. Plus then whatever the one. Eagles did. And then whatever the Eagles do tonight. Yeah, they're one of my locks too. So let's hope. And you know what's crazy? After all that news, by the way. Eagles are still minus three and a half. I checked before this. Like maybe we should repick it if it's close. Nope, same because it doesn't look like Gino's playing. So yeah, it's like all the shit that came out. They're just like Vegas is like, nah, dude, we we had it right. Like it's it's crazy that we might have Gino Smith or uh, Drew Locke going up against Marcus Mariota. That that might be what Monday Night Football is. You all listening right now? A long time ago from Tennessee and Broncos, like when they're both starters. (laughs) They probably yeah, they could have. That's a I'd be be curious. I think Mariota was wasn't starting in Tennessee at that point. I think they had moved on to Tannehill. They might have. That's so funny though. Uh, could be though. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not that way, and I hope the Eagles win by a lot of points tonight. Score a lot of touchdowns. Be better than the other team. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, all right. Let's start with the Sunday games. Now that we've done that, we'll start with the game you were at, Vito. Bears Browns. Probably the most entertaining game of the day. Um, a weird, weird, ugly first half, rainy, cold Cleveland. Um, the Bears are up 10 going into the fourth quarter and give up 13 unanswered points to uh, blow the second time this year that the Bears had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter that they ended up losing the game. I think it's the first time in NFL history a team's done that twice in the same season. So things are going well in Chicago. Um, how was uh, the game atmosphere? What were your takeaways from it, Vito? So um, I'll start with takeaways on the field real quick, because I think one thing is this whole game came down to Joe Flacco. Everything boiled down to Joe Flacco. And that is a actual really big compliment to Cleveland's defense. It didn't come down to Justin Fields. Man, I I feel bad for that kid. Like he hit, I don't even know who the receiver was deep on the right side of the field. Like he hit him right in stride would have been an easy touchdown receiver just drops it. We were all going crazy. Like that happened twice. There's another big play on the other side. The Bobby Tunn's drop was horrible yeah and so there's like yeah that was it Robert Tanya yeah that was terrible and then there was another one on the left side um and dude like you just feel for the guy because that seems to happen to him a decent amount or like a wide receiver breaks off a route but uh 
I will tell you this, the Browns looks like they were running the ball. Well, their line was, you know, doing pretty well. Miles Garrett was quiet. I think he's still dealing with an injury or the, you know, but the bears always had two guys on him. And then eventually they even just let him go one-on-one and he couldn't win the battle. So like, he's yeah. definitely dealing with an injury. So credit to the Browns for keep pulling these wins out. Flacco gave them 14 points. He threw a pick six and then also threw a pick in his own. Like they had the ball in the 10 yard line. They were yeah. first in goal. And it's like, dude, that you saw some couch quarterback throws, right? Where it's like, dude, you were on the couch this year. You didn't have off season. Tra- like you're just, he stared down a free safety. There's the play I'm talking about where they didn't score. The free safety did not move more than two feet from where he started the play. He just sat in his zone and he, Joe Flacco threw it right at him. It was one of the most ridiculous things I've seen. Uh, but then he also is the guy in the fourth quarter who leads you back and scores multiple, t- like, you know, multiple scoring drives yeah. to win the game. And pretty incredible. Um, again, he made throws just enough to get out there and get the dub. That was the offensive win. Uh, defense played well, but to be honest, like uh, I give more credit to this offense. And, and for the Bears, they have a couple good players on both sides, but this team needs a lot of help. Like I, they have yeah. a lot of draft picks, and that's going to be good for them because they need help everywhere. And I don't really know how they're going to approach it, but if I'm them, looking at what I saw at least like from in person this year. I, I don't take a quarterback. I try and trade out of that number one pick if they end up with their, I think because they have the Panthers, right? Yeah. So I would trade out of that and go ahead and get more picks because you need more help elsewhere than quarterback. That's my take. You're still going to have great picks. It's still worth getting a guy, but they need nope. help everywhere. The, the problem with that, and this will be a very fun debate for the, the months after the Super Bowl before the draft. Yeah. Um, it's a classic offseason if if Caleb Williams ends up turning into what we think he is, no matter what no matter what else you need on your team, you will regret not making that pick. If he turns into Mahomes, if he turns into one of those guys and you don't take him, you trade out of that spot number one overall. That is uh, that is an un like a, a massive, massive that's a mistake. On your team record forever. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. like a you'll never get it, you'll get fired and you will never get a chance to be a GM somewhere else again. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just can't. And Ryan Poles, I think, is actually a pretty good GM. I, I like I liked the Montez sweat trade, right? And he's been really good for them. There are a lot of holes, but they also have their own first round pick, too. So you can trade out of that. There might be a yep. team that wants to trade up and get, you know, um get up to that number two, number three spot. Uh, I think you field every single call, and if someone gives you like a, uh, what was the uh, what was the crazy uh, running back trade from with Dallas? Oh, um, uh, oh man, who was no, it? That, Ricky? No, that was Thurman Thomas. Was it Thur- Thomas? was it Thurman Thomas? No, he's a giant. No. It would have been a oh man, dude. They got Tony Dorsett. Was it Dorsett? It was the it was the Vikings, right? It's Cowboys and Vikings trade. I'm getting Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. There yes. it is. Yes. It was the Herschel Walker trade. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they gave up like five first round picks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was insane to get Herschel Walker. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, if, if you're Chicago, like you just, you can't, I just don't think you can pass on a guy who has a chance to be that, that special, you know, you dra- you draft him, you figure everything else out later. You still have your own first round pick. They have some good draft capital still. They have a wide, good wide receiver. They have some pieces. Um, they need to build in the trenches for sure. 
And their their defense is pretty good. Like the I defense mean, has come around and they invested yeah. a lot of money in the defense in the offseason. The defense has actually been pretty solid. Um Scotty, you'll love this. By the way, the one player on defense, number 93 on the line. I didn't even up looking who, but anyway, um, he was great. But the second best player, maybe the most impactful, was Jaquan Brisker at safety. That dude yeah. was flying around insane. That dude Whoa. covered so much ground. Like watching him in an all 22 cam. Holy shit, that guy is so fast and just knows what's happening. He had 17 tackles last week. Did he? Yeah, dude. It's he 17 is, tackles in a football he's game. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's turned into a really, really nice player. Yeah. Um, look, the Browns, the Joe Flacco thing is fun. It, it is. And and he still throws such a beautiful, like it, it, when he unleashes a deep ball, that's going to be 30 yards over or like 10 yards overthrown and to nobody. It is the prettiest thing to watch. It's, it's just beautiful. gorgeous coming out of his hand and just like perfect rainbow effortless. And the ball goes like 60 yards. Uh, he's yeah, he's still got the arm for it. And he's just not, I mean, he threw three picks in this game. This is the first game where he's really made mistakes, but if he can consistently not put them in too bad of situations between their ability to run the ball and how good the defense has been, they can beat any team in the NFL outside of maybe San Francisco, but they I guess they did technically beat San Francisco earlier this year. Um, not technically but, they did. Yeah. I put an asterisk on it. Debo got hurt early and Trent Williams busted up his ankle was playing on a, on a, on an injured ankle, but yeah, no, the Browns, but as long as the Flacco thing, he keeps them on track, doesn't turn the ball over too much. I mean, they, they got away with it in this game. Um, but if the rest of the games, he's been really good at just taking care of the football, putting the ball where it needs to be. He needs to just stay right in that lane. You know, don't try to do too much. Stay right in right. that lane. Take what the defense gives you. He's smart enough that he knows how to how to do this. I, I think they can they can hang with anybody because um, that yeah. defense is just so good. And I'm impressed with the resilience, like you said, Jeff. Uh, two of the top three quarterbacks that were most pressured this weekend were in this game in Justin Fields and Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was the third, and his ability to oh. overcome the turnovers and make the big plays um, with those with guys in his face, uh, yeah. I think was was the was huge, um, and that had to be fun to watch. You know, live like a vintage Flacco game. <laughs> there was one throw where he like. It wasn't a pump fake. I don't know how to describe it, but it was on a big throw. It was that like touch pass over to uh, the tight end to Najoku that was like kind of sealed the game or at least got him in field goal range. But he's back and he doesn't pump fake, but he like goes halfway through his motion and then just holds it for a second as he backs up and then finishes the throw. It was yeah. like, what was that? Like I've never seen he that. has it like here and then just that. He, and he doesn't move he doesn't move his feet or his body or like pump at all he just like stops like robotically and then just throws it and yeah it works so it what did. are you gonna do <laughs> it's a glitch in the matrix he's got he's got the horsepower for it uh all right up next bucks for 34 packers 20 the uh the packers run here we all thought hey could they sneak into the playoffs doesn't seem like that's gonna happen they've kind of fallen apart the last couple weeks and the buccaneers man um baker mayfield looked great in this game the defense Perfect played well rating. yeah um the only the uh the only road quarterback to get a perfect passer rating at lambeau field really yeah ever yeah ever the only other guy to get a perfect passer rating at lambeau field was aaron Rodgers. that's incredible yeah um yeah he was the number one rated quarterback um other than jacoby Brissett, but jacoby Brissett only played like 10 plays so um yeah he he balled man 
381 yards, four touchdowns. And this is, these are the games that Baker comes out and shows you where you're like, and I, Vito, you weren't on the pod last week when I said this, but you would have loved this take. I was like, Baker Mayfield is, is the guy to me where I'm like, he would be the next like Nick Foles or the next like, you know, Trent Dilfer or whatever, like the backup quarterback who comes in, he's, he's behind a really good guy, but somehow just pulls together a way to win a championship. Like mm-hmm. I can see that, that being a, a part of Baker's career. I don't think he'll ever be the start to finish MVP type quarterback. or It'll start for 17 games for you and, and lead the league in passing. But I think he can be a very good quarterback. And I think if you put him in the right team in the right situation, I absolutely could see Baker because he just has that, like, it's so dumb, but he's got that moxie. He's got that charisma. He's got that energy. Like, guys love, fucking love Baker. And he'll give you games where he looks awful, but then he has games like this where you're like, this is the reason why you were drafted number one overall. And he's he's a really, really good player still. Um, I'm curious, right, if you're Tampa Bay, do you do you commit to him as the long-term answer, right? Is he going to be like the, hey, you know what, we're going to – Give him a three-year contract, kind of do something like what you saw with, you know, Tannehill uh, when he got that chance with the with the Titans. Um, who's the other? I just had oh, Gino, right? The stuff we saw with Gino last year. Um, or if you're Tampa Bay, do you maybe look to try to, to go go up, get a you get a young guy, you know, have him sit behind Baker? I don't know. I don't know exactly what you do. Um, but Baker's finding ways to win games, and they're in the the driver's seat right now for uh that division and they'll probably be hosting a playoff game they'll probably play dallas again ironically like in the first round like they did last year and uh they'll probably get the shit kicked out of them but you never know with this team like that's what i kind of love about what i love about baker and what i love about this team is you kind of just never really know yeah i i hope they win the division i'd love to see them in the playoffs because they are kind of a wild card good for baker man especially i love that stat he grew up idolizing Brett Favre and you can kind of tell in the way he plays and to have something like that, that in Lambeau that Brett Favre didn't even have is pretty special. Uh, good for him, but also good for that team, man. Um, Mike Evans continuing to score touchdowns, which is fucking awesome. Um, Godwin looking great. <laughs> yeah. Like every, uh, the team is turning right now and we always talk about this. What, what do teams do in the last quarter poll, the last, you know, four or five games of the season here. So, um, they're they're looked good today. Let's see if they can get it on a on a run here before the playoffs. Um to your point, they're gonna host a playoff game if they win their division there. And uh I hope they do, and I hope we see something crazy come out of there, especially the Falcons losing, uh, which we'll get to. But like the, I, it seems like Bucks will probably take that division. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean you you have to include New Orleans because New Orleans is still around and they play on New Year's Eve. Um so keep an eye on that because that game could very well determine who wins the division. Um, but I mean, to your point there, Vito, they've won their last three games, right? And a lot of these games on their schedule, man, like remember that crazy Houston game, right? Where CJ Shad leads them back down the field and in the, the 30 seconds or whatever, they they end up winning. Like Tampa Bay sure won that game, you know, and they then they'd be eight and or eight and six right now. Um, the game against Atlanta, they lost 16-13. They probably should have won that game, right? It's crazy to say, but Tampa Bay really is only like two or three game, two or three plays away from being a nine win team right now. Um, Cause they are playing really, really good football. It just hasn't always clicked right in the right moments. Um, but when, when you see Baker playing like this, you have to give him a shot. 
And also, I would love if they hosted a playoff game and Dallas went there because Dallas has been so bad on the road that I think Dallas could definitely lose that game. <laughs> they <Yeah>. could. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, no up doubt. next. Do you have anything you want to add there, Scotty? Sorry. No, I just I, – for Packers fans, I think you got to be livid with, with the defense and Joe Barry right now. Like, yeah. every single game – they come out and look like crap. And then I don't know if it's LaFleur being too loyal or what, but like that dude, I don't know how he's a defensive coordinator in the NFL because they always say they want some to, to do something different, be better. And, and LaFleur is like, that's on me. I gotta, I gotta. And then openly is like, I don't know why we're running zone on this third and, and two play where we know they're going to pass because they don't have a run game. And so like, he's openly criticizing that. Yeah, that play calling from his defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. And it's like, dude, at what point are you going to like figure it out? Because you have the talent on defense. Those guys, Eric Stokes came back this week and he was a non-factor. Like they have the talent on the defensive side of the ball. And every year it's the same goddamn thing. The last time that defense was really elite was when they won the Super Bowl in 2010. Yeah, and that was always the thing with, you know, since LaFleur's been the head coach there, like they had Petten in for a while. They had a couple of different guys have gone through, and they just haven't been able to figure out the defensive side of the ball to match the offense. Now, the offense wasn't great in this game, but, yeah, the defense didn't help them out at all. I mean, you give up 34 points and a perfect passer rating to to Baker Mayfield and, and the Bucks. Like, yeah, you're going to lose that game. You know, there's no way you're getting into a shootout there. Um and Jordan Love has shown flashes of being good, but like it's not a team that the offense can carry you. Like the defense has to be better. Um, and so far, it, and in his tenure as the head coach of the Packers, the defense just has never quite gotten figured out. There's been moments where they played really good games, but even yeah. you know those couple of years where they were the one seed, right? And San Francisco went and beat them in the pl- in the postseason. That in game against Philadelphia last year was yeah. an unbelievable game. Yeah, um, you know, and the Eagles. Ran, but that was not that was the game like Jalen had 150 and yeah, you know, Miles Sanders had like 200 something rushing yards. It was a crazy, crazy game. Um, and still, yeah, that game was that game was weird. They need to get the defensive side of it figured out for sure. Um, but I also I don't think I think going for expectations, I feel like they're kind of about what we thought they would be this year. You know, I don't think anyone's expecting Jordan Love to come in and all of a sudden be Aaron Rodgers or that this is because without Rodgers, this team had a lot of holes. And Aaron Rodgers does, you know, make up for a lot of that stuff. So we'll see. Uh, up next, closest we've been this year to a tie. The Texans beat the Titans in overtime, 19-16. to 16. Uh, Case Keenum getting the start there. Fun to see Case Keenum out, uh, run around the field a little bit. Uh, the Titans officially eliminated from postseason contention. So their season is all uh, just about over here. Did you guys see the... Um, the Derrick Henry stat line of this game? No. Wait, it wasn't like 20 carries for 15 yards. He had uh, 16 carries for nine yards. Jesus. And he That's caught bad. he caught four balls for one yard. Um, not great. Not great. Will Levis also got banged up in this game, um, but ended up continuing the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, this is just not a great Tennessee team. And credit to the Houston Texans for finding a way to to win, man. Even without, uh, you know, their their quarterback, who's been an absolute star, Devin Singletary gets 120 on the ground in this game. Noah Brown steps up. Dalton Schultz steps up. Um, even you know Robert Woods gets a few catches there, using Devin Singletary out of the backfield. I mean, Devin Singletary had 170 all-purpose yards in this game. That's pretty impressive. Um, 
But yeah, it's uh, I don't know with with CJ Stroud, I think the Texans can hang with anybody. But I also think this is you know we we said Coach of the Year Shane Steichen, you know D'Amico Ryan deserves just as much credit I think, and and both first year coaches both doing what they can with these these their rosters that are not fantastic, um, but finding out ways to 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 win close games with with backup quarterbacks like that that is good coaching that is good culture. Yep. And that's what the Texans have right now. They look yeah, good. I'm and, with and you, man. Like, I, I think that with CJ Stroud, they obviously, you know, easily pull off some of this stuff. Um, definitely cool to, to see uh, Case go out there, Case Face, go out and run his shit. Um, he was starter for the Broncos at one point. So he was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's always funny to see that shit. But I don't know, man. This this does look like like Titans to your point of view, that team that kind of upsets a few people and still plays hard, even though they shouldn't, um, or not shouldn't, but don't have anything to play for. And they uh in terms of, of the season, but each player does and everything, and very will get them up. The Texans are definitely in a weird spot where uh they they're just trying to scrape away wins and try and make it, you know, through this playoff picture. This AFC playoff picture, um is pretty special to see. Like not every year are there six teams with the same record four weeks out, you know, three yeah. weeks out. So uh pretty excited to see. I don't know though. I mean th- the biggest thing was that we could have had a tie and and there, you know I'm just sick and tired of it. We haven't had one all year. Uh we're getting to you know we're going into week 16 next next week. And when we get to the playoffs there are no ties. Thank God. But the point is that like we, I want to see a goddamn tie before we finish up this year. And I think that's not so crazy to ask for. We have backup quarterbacks starting everywhere. We have kickers missing kisses. Kick, kick, kickers missing kicks, not kisses. Look, uh, kisses. Got there. Kiss them on the yips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got some yips on them. They, here's the deal, though. We need to see a tie, especially with backup quarterbacks playing and all this shit and bad weather coming down the stretch. We need one. And yeah. if, if there's not one, the NFL really needs to think about what they're doing here in overtime. Well, you can blame the uh, the superstar of this game that was left out of this entirely is the return of kicker Kaimi Fairbanks. Yeah, who like blasted this game for them and, and won it in overtime, and, and like that cannot be understated how huge that is uh, to have him back. Yeah, no, and and they missed him, man. You know, like they had a, I think two different kickers come in and and try to fill in and had a few misses. They had, I didn't end up hurting them too bad. Um, this game gets me excited to your point there, Vito. Hey, you're right. We don't have a tie yet this year. I'm curious the last season there where there wasn't a tie because I felt like we went through a stretch of like five or six years in like the 2010s where there wasn't any ties, like where it just it was very rare to see a tie in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, like since we've been doing the pod, there's been like multiple ties every single year. And so I, I don't know the last time there wasn't a, a season without a tie. It's like a year without a Santa Claus. Um, but the thing about this game and the, I love this Houston team and I really like that indie team. They play in week 18 and that could very possibly be, for the division. Yeah. It could be for the division. It could be for uh, a seven seed. Play, it could be a seven seed. It could be for the, the eight, the fifth seed. It, 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 that game, it could not even matter. Like, that's what's crazy. If Buffalo and Cincy keeps running their games and these guys each drop a one or two, it could mean nothing. They could not have a chance to make the postseason. Um, but to circle that, because 
it won't get like the crazy and it, it hasn't been scheduled yet. The last week that they're keeping open ended. This could be like your Sunday night football season finale. Like last year we had green Bay and Detroit. Um, and Detroit beats the Packers to keep them out of the postseason. I, that could be something like this. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think it would be, it might be one of the best games of the year. I don't know. Just for could like, be. everything comes down to one game like that. And it's two yeah. teams that have been so likable, with you know new head coaches doing it in completely different ways, I I think that 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 game could have be like one of the best games that isn't involving like legitimate Super Bowl contenders. So um, I'm already excited for that. Real quick, got the stat. Yeah, 2017 when they shortened it from 15 minutes to 10 minutes overtime. Uh-huh. That was the first year 2017 that we haven't had a tie. Um, like wow. every year since then we've had a tie, and then before that. Uh, 2015, we didn't have one. Uh, then it went back before 2012, but that was when rules changed in 2012 and 2017. In 2012, mm. it went to the um the modified sudden death overtime. Um, only five percent, six percent of games had a tie. Right now, six point nine percent of games have a tie. Nice mm. and uh, nice from 2017 on. But before that, it's just spread all over. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, that's kind of anyway, what I, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I've bookmarked the list of NFL tied games on Wikipedia in my browser. So, of course you do. I love that. And that's why we. That's what we love about you, Vito. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Dolphins thirty, Jets nothing. The Dolphins are good. The Jets stink, um, but to put up thirty against this Jets defense, albeit at home, I understand that. But and without having Tyreek Hill or at least very limited Tyree kill. I know he dressed up for this game, but he did not play a ton. It was the Jalen Waddle show. Um, I don't know. I just, th- this was a really, and it's, it's tough to, to fully like take anything away from like divisional games like that. But at the same time, like that defense for the jets has been so good against everybody. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like they also got blown out by the the Cowboys, right? Like, doesn't mean the Cowboys offense is unbelievable. It's just like they had a really, really good game against the Jets there. Um, I just, I don't know, man. Like I, I come away from this and I'm like, I think this is like the most impressive win that the Dolphins have had all year. And I think they have been tapering to get to this point where it's like, all right, hey, like we're ready to make our run because their offense is playing well. The defense, Scotty made this point on the pod on Friday. Like the Vic Fangio defense is coming into shape. And even without Jalen Phillips, that defense looks really, really good. Now, yeah. again, every defense is going to look pretty good going up against Zach Wilson and then Trevor Simeon and this well, Jets offense. Yeah. But I think this is a, like the most impressive win of the Dolphins season, and that's including a game where they put 70 points up on somebody. We won't say who, but no, uh, I, I, but they put it up on somebody. Out. We don't, we don't <laughs> talk about that. Look, You'll I, say and, it. <laughs> I, and, and that was one of my two points. Um, about this game, Jeff, was I was most impressed with uh, with number one the defense. They uh, they made me look smart. Um, yes, they. Do. But I think you know they're they're due for that that sort of run where the defense can get locked down against a team. Look, the Jets. Put, uh, Zach Wilson put up three hundred yards last week. That offense put up close to four hundred yards in total last week uh, to the Jets. So I, you know, I, any given Sunday they can they can do it. They have the talent for it. We saw what what Wilson to Wilson could look like for the Jets and then offense last week, and, and it just got absolutely snuffed out 
this week. They give up four turnovers, only 103 yards of total offense. And the other thing I'm really impressed with, because we know how good the Dolphins are with their speed not on the offense, and they can strike any time with a big play. Mm-hmm. What they did in possessing the ball, 36 minutes and 21 seconds of, of in the time of possession battle compared to 23 and a half for the Jets, for the for the Dolphins to control that game and, and not have to rely on the big play, I think is very, very telling for them being able to be like, all right, look, we figured this out. Don't get your quarterback hurt and run the hell out of the ball in December. That's how you win postseason football games. Yeah. We've been saying that for the last like five years with the Dolphins, where we're like they're they're close, but they're not quite there. Yeah. I think that now we they are they're finally finally arriving at a point where they can do both of those things simultaneously and have a good defense on on top of that. And they can still throw the shit out of the ball, like yeah. They're but like all these guys, and we keep saying this, but like all these guys from the McVeigh and Shanahan school, it's it's you run to pass. Like it's all right. predicated on the running game, and, it, and it's and you have to respect both. Like yeah. you can't just be like, uh, "All right, we'll give you your your 150 to Tyreek, yeah, and uh, make you <laughs> make sure we shut you down in the run game." Where where um, the Dolphins will get into trouble though is they get when they get too cute, when they do too much of the pre snap motion, and they try to overthink, try to do a little bit too much, and it feels like right now in the offense, like they're still doing a lot of that stuff, but it does feel like it's simplified a little bit, and it feels like we're we're seeing a more consistent version of this Dolphins offense, which has, you know, the ability. I mean, Raheem Mostert's leading the NFL in touch, rushing touchdowns. He's at 17. So 17 rushing touchdowns this year. That's He's insane. my age. It's And I love it. They're like, look how old he is. He's 31 <laughs> years old. Leading Isn't that league, annoying? Is, did you oh, see the countdown so of how he's like, the, all the running backs he's older than like he's older than Le'Veon Bell he's older than all these other guys that like are have been in Todd Gurley he's like four years older than, than like some of these guys it's crazy and you're like dude I haven't heard that guy's name in in years and Todd this Gurley, dude's older yeah. than him yeah that is wild yeah he was uh he was on the Eagles practice squad and the, pretty sure the Eagles drafted him in like the sixth round um won us an NFC title game three years or four years ago five years ago now actually yeah no the Niners uh he was really good on the Niners. It was just the same thing. It was just stay healthy, you know, and mm-hmm. this year he's been healthy. So, uh, but yeah, the Dolphins are good and they're, they're getting hot at the right time. Uh, continuing tough on three here, games though. Yes, they do have a really tough and they played, played Baltimore. Is that this week or the following week? Uh, no, they got Cowboys at home this week on Christmas Eve and then at Ravens and then bills uh, in oh. January. Yeah. That's a hard, that's a hard finishing yeah. stretch. Yeah. Um, just just beat the Cowboys, Miami. Just beat the Cowboys. Uh, but they it does seem like they're gonna they're gonna walk away with that division right now. Uh all right, up next, Chiefs, Pats, Chiefs 27, Patriots 17. Uh the, the Pats show a little bit of fight. Um to me, like the big takeaway from this game is in looking through the numbers, it feels like the Chiefs have kind of realized like what we kind of expected, which is like once they get to this time of year. I think they're going to kind of figure out what it is that they need to do to win football games. And that's going to be playing defense really, really well, having a consistent running game. Pacheco is out of this game. So it was Clyde Edwards. He he played really well. Um, And then Mahomes is going to have, they're going to have to get lucky on a couple of big plays, right? Like they're going to have to let Mahomes go out and do it. And they're going to have to hope that Tony and uh, you know, Valdez Scantling and, and, Q, whoever the the what's Sky Moore, I almost said Q, uh, Sky Moore, 
they're going to hope that those guys come down with the ball. And then, of course, you do have Kelsey, but Kelsey has taken a considerable step, considerable step back this year. And part of that is that teams are keying in on him because they're not afraid of any of the other wide receivers. So you're going to get Kelsey his, hey, here's six catches for 60 yards, maybe a touchdown. He's not having those crazy hunt, you know, 10, 11, 12 catch games for over 100 yards and two scores. They're not, they're just not able to do that this year because the way the defenses are playing them. So they got to be good at running the football, which they've proven they can do. The defense has to continue to play well, which it, for the most part, has proven it can do. Uh, it's definitely tapered off a little bit here over the last couple of weeks. Um, and there's going to be some plays you just got to, you got to put faith in and hope that, you know, MVS and Kadarius Tony come down with the ball and, and don't do anything stupid. But as long as they got 15 back there, you know, it's it's hard to ever go against this team. It is. I mean, weird, weird game. Less than 100 yards are on the ground between both teams, uh, like total uh, combined. But um, third downs were bad. I mean, this was a game, again, I, I was going back through catching up, and I was like, I don't even really need to see this game. I could probably figure out what happened. Watched a couple highlights in like three minutes, and I was like, yep, this is about what I thought. Yeah. Uh, this is just a better team going up against a worse roster. And to your point, we'll see what happens when they face some tougher opposition, but they just need to figure out a way to win this game. They did. Um, there are definitely some weird things that happened here. There's, the Patriots, they've got some shit to work on, but this is not a uh, this is not breaking news to anybody. <laughs> no, no. The the Patriots are, are a very, very weird spot, uh, and their offseason is going to be fascinating. Um I mean, I think if, if you are Kansas City, it's like, all right, Rasheed Rice is like, he's the guy. Like, we we have our guy. It's him. We're going to throw the if, – if we need a big play from the wide receiver position, we're going to throw it. He had nine targets in this game. The uh, only other thing I will say, yeah. too, um, is I know we were talking earlier, like, obviously, Kelsey's taking a huge step back. But this is kind of what Gronk did in his last two years, too, where it's like, hey, I'm going to be here. But when the playoffs <laughs> come, I'm actually going to, like, I'll make the catch over the middle. Just don't fuck up my body during the yeah. regular season is kind of what it seems like a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see if he makes that jump in the playoffs because it doesn't seem like they're the game plans are, don't seem to be built around him in any way. No, and that is a really good point. I, I, I bet you we will see a little bit more of Travis Kelsey come postseason. You can just see even just like the, the ball in his hands. You know, it's just it's it's a touch slower, you know, in and out of your breaking routes your option stuff, you know, the, and, and look, the one thing that they have is they still have like that, you know, the 13 second drive, right. Where it's like, Hey, let's line up. I'm going to do this. We're going to see what it is. And we're just going to trust each other. Cause he and, and Mahomes have that kind of chemistry. So there will be a big play in the postseason or, or two or more that involve Travis Kelsey. Um, but in the meantime, yeah. I mean, if, if you know, at least you can trust Rasheed Rice, nine targets, uh, the next clue, I mean, he caught all nine of them, too. Nine nine catches for 91 yards, touchdown. Um, you know, and Kelsey, seven targets. But then it's just throwing the ball to everybody. Like Noah Gray getting two targets. three Justin Watson getting three targets. Jarek McKinnon, right? Jarek McKinnon is always their their postseason guy. He comes out of nowhere and just like, nowhere. oh, yeah, Jarek. He threw a touchdown pass in this game, you know? Who's, so, their, other, who is, who's their playoff running back, Scotty? We love calling him playoff Damian. Da- is that right? Damian Williams, yeah. Damian Williams, yeah. yeah. Yeah, playoff Damien. Um, God, that was like four years ago now. <laughs> yeah, I think he's – I don't think he's in the league anymore, actually. Um, they had two – they had like Daryl Williams. He's on the Bears, I thought. 
I don't know. We should look that up. I'm going to get Zach Parker on that. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Damian um, Harris. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Chiefs, Chiefs 27, Pat 17. I don't know. The Chiefs are just, they're, they're so fucking good. Like, yeah. if there's even just when, even when they're bad, turn it they're on. just, yeah, they're just still going to be good. Yeah. You know, um, but we Their will... most comparable team for sure is like the Warriors after they won a couple titles and people are like, see, they're not, they're not killing it as good as bad as they did last year. It's like, just relax. They'll be fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, look, they're, they're still, you know, in their lot, they're, they're three and four in their last seven games. Um, but they have the Raiders, Cincy, and the Chargers to round out the rest of the season. I feel like they're going to probably get to 12 wins. <laughs> And we're like, oh yeah, well they're twelve and five. Uh, why do we even? Why do we even doubt that the Chiefs aren't fucking awesome? They're probably going to go back to the Super Bowl. And it's just like, yeah, because when you have fifteen back there, like sh- good shit happens. Uh, all right, up next, Saints, Giants, Saints twenty four, Giants six. I don't think there's much to really dive into with this game. The Giants, uh, Tommy DeVito got smashed yeah. in this game. Yeah. Um, I like, I like, felt bad for him, man. He he was taking shot after shot after shot. Um, tough kid though. So were we? <laughs> yeah, that's just true. We did, we did have a couple <laughs> of shots. Uh, <laughs> um, and the Saints. Look, I mean, they they won this game pretty convincingly without Chris Olave. Um, I just think that Giants offense, like, yes, they had a couple of games there with the Tommy DeVito thing, and it was fun. But we've seen it time after time this year with the backup quarterbacks. Like, eventually, it runs out. They're, they they are backups for a reason, right? Like the Josh Dobbs story was awesome. Josh Dobbs is not even playing football right now. Like it's, it sucks because we love the stories when they happen, but ultimately like, yeah, like Tommy DeVito. Sorry, dude. Like you're going to say, Hey, I got to, I want a couple of games for the New York football giants. And you're probably going to hang around the league as a backup and make some good money before you start your car dealership. But you know, in the meantime, fucking rocket dude. Cause it's, 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 it's fun. It's a great story. Um, but it's not realistic. And the Saints, on the other hand, like, I just – I don't know what to do with the Saints. I just want to stop picking Saints games every week. I get it wrong every fucking week. I thought I was like – I said to Scotty at the bar, I said, I, was like, I picked the Saints, right? Didn't I pick the Saints? And then I was like, nope, I fucking didn't. I picked the Giants because I'm stupid and because I can never figure out this stupid Saints team. But, yeah, I mean, they're 7-7, seven and seven, right? So they're tied with the Bucks for that 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 first place. The the Bucks have the head-to-head. So as of right now, oh, the Buccaneers – They play each other again. Yes. Yeah. And that game, which we said earlier, will likely be um, the thing that determines that division. So I just don't want to see the Saints in the in the playoffs. Like I, I would like to see Baker in the playoffs. I yeah. want to see the Bucks. You know, I don't want to see the Saints. I don't want to see Derek Carr. I don't want to see Taysom Hill. If it's Jameis, I'm in. Jameis, but... why are we not seeing Jameis? That's the atrocity here. That's all I want. Because because Derek Carr will get booed one week, and then the next week he goes out and throws three touchdown passes like he did this Sunday. So like, yeah. but he's that's still why you're not good, seeing Jameis. Like that's the thing. It's like yes, he 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 threw a few touchdown passes. He didn't look great. Like he never looks great. You know the defense. I know won that. For the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know how like in high school, like your varsity team would play, then like your JV team would play, and your freshman team would play. Whatever. It would be so fun if NFL just did like a thirty-minute backup versus backup game on like Saturdays. Huh. Like the day, oh, or, yeah. you know what I mean? The JV, just, NFL, JV. Yeah, I just want to see Jameis just torching and throwing picks. That's it. It doesn't even have to be for keeps for actual points for like the league, but come on. How fun would it be if like Jameis played like the XFL? Right. 
and but oh still God. as an NFL player. Like do both. Be a yeah. backup and just go off in the XFL. Yeah, just like yeah. be like, hey, you know what, Jameis? You're gonna be our backup. If you want to go play in the XFL, you can. You're allowed. And then yeah. he just goes and just it'd be an incredible. He would throw for Wouldn't like MVP. 800 yards in every game. It'd be unreal. And he would also <laughs> lead the league in, in touchdowns and interceptions. Yep. Such Beautiful. great, such great humor. Oh, by the way, since you ta- mentioned high school football, forgot to share this on the pod. Shout out to Central Bucks South High School, my uh, my high school. They won the Pennsylvania State Championship in football. No shit. Yeah, first Congrats. one That's ever. Um, which cr- it's crazy because like there's no guys on the team who are like gonna go play in college or anything. It's like not the most loaded team. We've had NFL guys that have been on our. You know, I played with yeah. Josh Adams and uh, UVA starting quarterback for a couple of years there, Matt Johns. Um, played with him in high school. Um, none of those teams ever got close, but CB South won the state title. Um, for whatever quad A, maybe I don't know. I don't know what level they play at. But yeah, fucking sick. Um, That's huge. Yeah, going to give that. Shout oh, it's out. huge, dude. The high school's winning. That's still special. That's still awesome. Yeah, like I kept, or my brother in law told me about. It. I was like, oh no shit, that's fucking awesome. Let's go. Um, but yeah, shout out to CB South state champs, Pennsylvania state champs. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Clearly the best football game of the day. Um, and I was right about one thing. I was just a week off on my pick. Carolina Panthers get their second win of the season, <laughs> beating the Falcons. I picked the Panthers last week to do this to the Saints, and they almost did. But the Saints held on, and I was one week away because I knew the Panthers were going to have a game where they somehow won. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures. Obviously, the stories of like tickets were going for 45 cents. To this game yeah um, there, the crowd was empty right before it started the weather looked like shit i think yeah. it was raining down there it was like, they, it was like borderline hurricane in um in in uh carolina there was i had a friend who who lives in wilmington north carolina and she like literally couldn't leave like they were like uh, everyone was like under like stay inside it was streets were flooding it was crazy so obviously charlotte's a little bit out you know, from the coast from where Wilmington is, but um, right, but still, the yeah. state of North Carolina got smashed with rain and uh, three field goals, man, gets it done. Fuck this Falcons team, man. Like, honestly, like if I'm Arthur Smith seems like, he, like he's a good coach, but yet just always loses. Like it's hard. Like, I don't Is there a coach that's like the reverse of that? Who like seems like Mike McCarthy, maybe seems like a bad coach, but just somehow keeps winning games. And then there's moments where they, you know, where it's like, oh, no, okay, no, Mike McCar- McCarthy actually is a fucking idiot. It's like Arthur Smith's like the reverse of that. I'm like, I think you're a good coach. Like, it seems like it. Everything on paper seems like you should be a good coach. But then you don't win fucking games, and you lose games like this to the Panthers. Like, unex- like inexplicably. It's a rain game. You have one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. You hand the ball to Bijan Robinson seven times in a rain game? Like, what are we doing? What's yeah, the point of, of, of having a first-round running back That's wild. on a rookie contract if you're not going to fucking use him? And we said the same thing about Kyle Pitts, but I'm like, all right, I kind of get it. It's hard if you don't have a good quarterback. Like, the tight end position is kind of hard to figure that. Like, you know, it's not it's not all Kyle Pitts' fault. It's not all play design or whatever. You should scheme up plays to get the ball into Kyle Pitts' hand. But to me, I'm like, if you have Bijan. Just get turn around, hand him the ball, and let him go. There's no reason you should be losing this game to the Carolina Panthers. None. No, especially with that weather, to your point. I can't believe that's actually the stat that he got. Um, Algier had like 13 touches. Not, Algier's good. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year. I get it. 
He doesn't have the body though. To your yeah. point, like he doesn't have the body that just slams or, into people and you're wet trying to grab a huge, like that just doesn't work. Or run the ball 40 times and give 20 touches to Bijan and 20 touches to Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. And you're good. I mean, Bijan Robinson, seven carries for 11 yards and he had one catch. So in a game like this, playing an inferior team, arguably the most talented player on the field for either side, touches the ball eight times. You just can't do that. You can't. It's I don't know. This game is – it was also one of those things where it's like, good for the Panthers. You, you're going to squeak off a win or two at the end of the year, but you still suck. And, like, yeah. I don't think this changes our outlook on, on them so much as it changes the outlook on the Falcons. Like, really? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they got to be careful. What a waste of that defense, too. What an absolute waste of that defense. No, the Falcons. Like, yeah. that is a, a defense that I want to see playing in January. Yeah. Like, because they're not against me, of course, but <laughs> uh, but because they are they are a unit that when I think when it gets cold out, that they would be able to just shut people down in games that they have no business winning. But that's how good that defense is. Um, and it's a shame we're not gonna see it, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess for them it's like hey if, if you finish the I mean if they lose out and I don't I don't know exactly what the the Falcons remaining because I'm pulling up their schedule now they have Indy Chicago New Orleans to finish out they'll probably go one and two two and one during that stretch I mean, they could go zero and three uh, they could go zero and three right <laughs> and if that happens then all right we're talking about them with like probably a top ten draft pick or at least close to that in the low teens. Um, which I think would be it puts them in position where and and you know we've talked a lot so far and, and it's obviously early before we get to draft season but you have the two quarterbacks at the top that everyone talks about Caleb Williams and Drake May but then after that there's a bunch of really fun court like imagine like J- Jaden Daniels like Jaden Daniels playing with these weapons right yeah. you can you can get sick. him in that you know, back end of the top 10 first round Shador Sanders I don't think he's coming out but there was talks he might come out Michael Penix, like there's there's a bunch of quarterbacks that are really talented in this year's class, and I think if you are a team like Atlanta, like hey, you did do you did your due diligence by giving Desmond Ritter a chance here, but you could have benched Desmond Ritter earlier in the season and just rolled with Heineke, and you absolutely would have more wins right now. Like Taylor Heineke is not losing this game, you know, and and credit like you want to give guys a, a chance. But Desmond Ritter just is not it. And he's he's not athletic enough like a Justin Fields or like Jalen who struggled, you know, in the early parts of their careers, but they had the physical, you know, running gift. Desmond Ritter is a, a mobile quarterback, but he's not those guys, right? He's not a game breaker type of guy running the football. No. You you're you're a better team with Taylor Heineke as your starting quarterback, not Desmond Ritter. And to me, I th- I think it's considering where you were as a team and what division you're playing in and having a very, very realistic chance to make the postseason, and the stubbornness to just continually play dozen murder over and over again. Uh, to me, that's like a massive, massive, massive coaching fall. Like you, you just, you can't do that. All right. Um, yeah, but good for the Panthers. They got to be careful. They're only one, one yeah. game ahead right now for that one seed. Um, but then again, they don't have that pick. Yeah, they, I was going to say. So, they could play spoiler really by beating teams and then like screwing Chicago, Chicago over. <laughs> but then that means that the Patriots get the number one overall pick and the Patriots getting Caleb Williams is not what anybody wants. It's like, oh, Except great. The Patriots. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like we've we've 
the Patriots have had enough winning in the NFL for multiple lifetimes. Okay. They don't, they don't need a generational quarterback to come in. And, not again, uh, not yeah. again. No. <laughs> and taking him at number one overall is at a 199 this time. Uh, all right. Up next commanders Rams, the Rams win this game. I am going to continually say it. I like the Rams. I think the Rams are a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team, but they have worked their way to second place in the N in the NFC West, which Coming in, you know, earlier in the season, we would not have thought that at all. But right now, mm -hmm. um, Cooper Cup and and Puka Nakua have completely like having Cooper Cup back healthy. And with that hamstring issue, I don't think any of us really thought we were going to get a full season of Cooper Cup. He hasn't gotten hurt again. Like he's had, he's gotten banged up, but it, that hamstring has not been an issue. So wherever he went over in Germany to get his like, he went to go see that specialist. I remember we talked about at the beginning of the season. We're like, oh, when you're going somewhere to go see a specialist, that's usually not a great sign. That's that feels yeah. like desperate. Well, it's worked out all right. And um, the Rams are good, man. And talk about like, and he won't win it. But Sean McVay also has a very, very good case for coach of the year because he's th this is his best coaching job. And that that might sound like the cliche thing you see on ESPN or whatever, but I think it's absolutely true. I think. Well, that that first year when he went to the playoffs and and led that team with Jared Goff to the playoffs to me is still like that was so insane looking yeah. back now. But and how potent that offense was. But I'm with you, man. Like the over the what they had to overcome, even just play from last year. Them, I'm sure there were pressures internally to get rid of people and do all this stuff. Even for their GM, the whole team is pretty awesome to to stick together and to see the results of that. Like they are turning the corner and they are going to make a run here. Um, and it would be a fun team in the playoffs, man. They still have like Cooper Cup's one season removed from the Triple Crown. Yeah, you know, like, like it's, we, it's crazy. And Puka Nakua is insane. So to see both those guys and give them the prime time and like a playoff run that they deserve would be pretty awesome. When we've been talking about the um, the AFC playoff picture and how tight it is, the wild card stuff in the NFC is pretty. I mean, obviously you're going to have either the Eagles or the Cowboys will end up being the five seed. But yep. those last two spots, I mean, Minnesota seven and seven. If the season ended today, they'd be the sixth seed. The Rams would be the seventh seed and and make the okay. postseason, um, which that would be a really shitty for like if you're the two seed, if you're the Eagles, if you're the Cowboys, and you you draw the Rams in the wild card, that would suck. Um, but it's the Rams, uh, Seattle's sorry, uh, New Orleans is seven and seven. If Seattle wins tonight, they're seven and seven, uh, or they could be six and eight. The Falcons and Packers are right on the outside, but those those doors are closing quickly here. Um, it looks like it's going to be like four teams gunning for two spots. Um, and, oh, and you have to throw Tampa Bay in there too because Tampa Bay is technically winning that division right now, but they're at 7-7, seven yeah. and seven, right? So it's there's four teams at 7-7. Seven seven. If the Seahawks win tonight, they'd be 7-7 seven seven as well. So um, it'll be interesting, man, that, that, that final race there. I hope the Rams make it because I just think the Rams are a fun team. Like, I want to see Puka Nakua in the postseason. I want to see Cooper Cup in the postseason. I want to see Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams with 152 yards on the ground yesterday. And selfishly, he's on my fantasy team. Um, one of the best pickups of the year. No biggie. There it is. Uh, there just, it is. Save, just save. <laughs> hey, you know, Scotty and I enjoyed a bye in the first round of the playoffs this week as we finished number one and number two. So uh, just save save some of those yards for next week. Um, but who? what does the Rams' remaining schedule look like? Let me pull this up real quick. I just looked at it. Saints, Giants, Niners. So that Niners game is a very good chance. Again, the Niners will be resting their starters because I think they'll have the one seed locked up at that point. 
Um, I don't think it matters though. That's a crazy point. Team yeah, is so it's also good. it's also a very good point. Uh, or you have, uh, yeah, the Giants should be a win. The Saints should be a win. But hey, Saint, that game is actually really important because the Saints and Rams are both seven and seven. Whoever wins that game pretty much eliminates one other team from making the postseason. Um, yeah, we'll see. That's it's gonna be fun. I love I love how chaotic the NFL has been this year. It's like backup quarterbacks, weird interceptions, weird penalty calls, guys being off sides. It's just been it's been a chaotic year in the NFL so far. And it's and we haven't even gotten to the the meat and potatoes of it yet. All right. Uh Scotty, your Niners, 45, Cardinals 29. Um thoughts? We're a wagon, boys. I've been saying it all year. Yep. I mean, yeah. the look, they got banged up pretty good in this game uh, at some points, but uh, finally, Traverius Ward takes one of the house. Um, he's been insane on coverage all year long, but like finally to get a pick and, and make it a pick six. Uh, every week they play with intensity. They they left a lot uh, to be desired in the in the run defense, but again, that's like you know you're still scoring forty five points. Like the offense, you can trust in, um, and, and the defense will clean it up because they come out every game is is like game seven. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter who they're playing, where they're playing. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it's it's fun to watch. I mean, I hope they win out, end up with the one seed. That would be ideal. Um, but again, like all this MVP talk surrounding CMC, surrounding uh, Brock, it's like none of those guys, I guarantee you, give one single shit about any of those individual awards. And everybody is so locked in on, on the Super Bowl run. Yeah, at this point, which is what you want. Yeah, I mean, he's been and and that's the thing is when you're on a team like that, that is so fucking loaded with talent. You you all are only thinking one thing because you know how good you are. And like that's the thing is then this Niners team, they know how good they are. Mm-hmm. So like, they're 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 not focusing on that shit because the, the, the bigger prize is, is out there. Um, for the record, I do think Chris McCaffrey should should be the favorite for MVP. He won't win it. But his projected stats for the rest of the season, 1,600 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns, 70 catches for 618 yards, and nine receiving touchdowns. That's crazy. If he gets that, it's 25 total touchdowns and over 2,000 all-purpose yards. Um, Yeah, man. I don't – I just – to me, it's it's just – he should be the MVP, man. He's he's the best player on that team. What I love, too, is when – you know, it's this time of year you see it a lot. Like you see it separating itself. But Tom yeah. Brady said this too. Um, is like when you see a team that scores touchdowns yeah. with the the frequency that the forty the ers are, or even the defensive touchdowns that they're getting, it's not like one or two players celebrating with each other. It is the entire offense going to celebrate with Chris Christian McCaffrey when he gets the end zone or when Brock makes throws a dime to Debo it is the entire defense and then some coming off the sideline to go celebrate with Charverius Ward after he after he gets a pick six that is the most dangerous team said Tom Brady and I tend to agree man like that that is how you know that those guys are playing for each other and playing for one goal and not like looking out for for the MVP thing which I love, and I hope it. Uh, I hope it continues. We got three more games left to to decide it, and uh, and then obviously what we do in the postseason. So uh, it's been a fun run, and I hope it doesn't end anytime soon. 
And I don't think it will, Scotty. I, I don't think it will. I think the Niners are very good at football and they are better than anyone else in the NFL at the game of football. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's fucking crazy. They're, they're so good. Um, I, I've been saying it all. The only thing that gets in the way is injury. So as long as they continue to stay away from the injuries and their, their core pieces stay healthy. Um, I, I, I didn't look, I'm, I'm not trying to jinx or do anything like that. It's like, I, I think the Niners are going to, no, you're right. Shit. I think like, what I'm saying is like this week, I think the Niners are going to kick the shit out of the Ravens. I think they're really? going to win by, I think they're going to win by like two to three scores. I think it's going to be an wow. absolute drubbing. They do this against everybody. Like they haven't, yeah. they haven't, as long as they've been healthy, there hasn't been a competitive game yet this year. Not one. Yeah. yeah this, I mean, this the, will the, be a good, this, this I think will be the test, like an AFC versus NFC, really good run team, really good defense, really good secondary. This is going to be fun. This is going to be really fun. I mean, there's, they've only won one game this year out of all their wins. Only one of them was a one score win. And that was week two against the Rams, and the Rams scored a garbage time touchdown with like garbage. two minutes left. Yeah. yeah. So there has not been yeah. a single competitive game. The That's three games crazy. they lost, Cleveland, Minnesota, Cincinnati, were the games where Trent Williams got hurt in the beginning of Cleveland and Debo got knocked out of that game early. Minnesota, no Trent Williams, no Debo. Cincinnati, no Trent Williams, no Debo. And Brock was banged up too. And Brock, Brock Lest was we banged. Forget. Yeah. And so was CMC. <laughs> yeah. And every other, every single other win this year is 10 points or more crazy like they, yeah. they are just they are a fucking wagon and there's not a single team that can hang with them i, I sorry really, about like, it it's crazy it's crazy all right uh two more games here this game made me very happy bills 31 cowboys 10 um the cowboys cannot play on the road they are three and four on the road uh, <laughs> they're frauds they are follow what it is I mean, it's it is wild, man. Like when they're at home, they look unbelievable. And then as soon as they go on the road, they've lost to Philly, they've lost to Buffalo, they lost to Arizona, Arizona. And they lost to uh, <laughs> San Francisco. You know, which you'd say, like, hey, three Arizona. of those losses are not bad losses. The Eagles, you know, and you we expect the Eagles and Cowboys to split every year anyway. But seriously, though, like. And I'm not even trying to say this is like division rival. I hate the Cowboys because I do hate the Cowboys and they are a division or rival. You know, they don't have a single impressive win other than the Eagles win, I would say, is probably the most impressive win. Right, um, that's an impressive win. But besides right? that, it's the Giants, the same old shit, man. Giants, Jets, Pats, Chargers, Rams. The Rams won, I'd say, 43 to 20 against the Rams is impressive. Um, Giants again, Carolina, Washington. The Seattle win, which they should have lost that game, but they somehow hung on. And then, yeah, they beat the shit out of the Eagles. Um, they lost to the Eagles. They got shit kicked out of my San Francisco, which so is everybody. They lose by two scores to Arizona. That game is still super weird. And then, that's yeah, so they funny. get shit pumped that's, by the Bills yesterday. So that's the one for me is, like, if there was a playoff committee in the NFL, they'd be like, okay, they have a good win, but they have terrible losses. Like, the loss yeah. to Arizona. Like, you know what I mean? It would be yeah. like, dude, we, we can't let this team in because of their losses. Yeah, and, and and it's like oh, and their strength of schedules. They haven't played anybody. Their their exactly. non conference games were were terrible, and they had this one terrible loss. You know, Tennessee losing to you know, or Georgia losing to you know Kentucky or something. Like it'd be like that. Right. Kentucky's not even that as bad as what Alabama losing to the Cardinals is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Vanderbilt. 
Yeah, a Vandy loss is probably more uh, <laughs> more more akin to that. Yeah, it's very weird. But the Bills are playing really good football right now, and the Bills are Dude, six and, six and two too. at home. Uh, it's amazing that we've said for so long with Josh Allen, this Bills team, and during this era, is like if they could just run the ball, it'd be they'd be unstoppable. You know, but they just never committed to it. And now over the last going going back to the Eagles game, they've just consistently made sure they run the ball. And then after they get, you know, second and manageable, third and, and five, whatever, then it's like, all right, now it's time to let Josh Allen do stuff. But Josh Allen even said after the game that he was like, he felt like the kid uh, who didn't do any work on the on the project, you know, in, in school and still got an A. He's like, I didn't feel like I did anything. It's like everyone else was doing it for me. And um isn't that I, great it's like yeah josh this is what it looks like when your whole team wins like you don't right look at brock purdy he's been yeah everyone's I mean, he threw for 94 yards he only threw for 94 yards in this game that's even crazy i didn't know that. that's the that crazier bad. part that, good for good for him man good but, for him to skate by and get an a finally he's been grinding you know on those projects by himself most of the time you know what the common denominator is Ever since they fired the OC and Joe Brady's been running the offense, he's looking at James Cook and going, hey, this guy's pretty fucking good. We yeah, should probably start using him. So much more, yeah. <laughs> 25 yeah. carries for 179 yards. It's, yeah. And his, his stats, like, over the last four games, he's just been, like, absurd. Well, and this is also the best offensive line that they've had under Buffalo, right? Oh, they so, are bullying people. And they're really good oh, at running the ball. Um, yeah. I just, I, I hope they, I hope, they don't get screwed with like the way that they, because right now, because of all the tie breaks they're they are the last of all those seven or eight and six teams. They have such um, a hard schedule that you read off. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this year, I mean, it, it, to, compared to the Cowboys and the fact that they've only won two more games or two less games than the Cowboys, but you know, you get Miami twice a year. They had Jacksonville in the schedule, Cincinnati, Denver, uh, Philly, Kansas city, Dallas in a row. Uh, they, they've had a really you have to play that that Jets defense twice a year um, like it's it's tough man um, but they finish out here Chargers New England Dolphins that oh. that should be three wins um, the Miami one would be interesting right because yeah, again it's it's very dependent on what what's happening with Miami where they're at with uh, their their postseason stuff but I I think that if the Bills get in they are they are going to be a, like the scariest team to have to play in the postseason because they they do everything right that a good playoff team does right it, and, it and would championship be, teams they they it would be sorry my bad as I said they're they're so good on the line of scrimmage on both sides they run the ball effectively they have big play wide receivers and and big play tight ends and obviously J- Josh Allen is a big play guy. They have all the pieces, right? And they've never mm-hmm. had all the pieces like this before. It was so much Josh Allen Superman. But this is a complimentary-based football team. And it took them to go through a lot of shit this year to get to this point. But again, looking at where they're they're at here in the last three games, um, you know, and, and around this time of year, where we were talking about that before, right, Vito? About like this is the time of year where you figure out who you are. Like mm-hmm. they played unbelievable against Philly, arguably definitely should have won that game. They beat yeah. the Jets the week before that, thirty-two to six. They win that game in Kansas City, and now they beat Dallas thirty-one to ten. Like this is when this team has been playing their best football this year, and I really hope they get in because I think if they get in, they're going to make a run. Yeah, I I think like what I was just going to say is that if they get in, I hope like Kansas City's two and they get in at seven, and we just get like right off the right bat, off the Josh bat. Out. Oh my god! And he's won three times in a row in Arrowhead now. 
uh, as Josh Allen. So I thought that was the first. No, because this it was the first time that he won in Arrowhead against. Was it okay? Then he's the won Chiefs. three years in a row. My bad against yeah. Kansas City. So uh, he's kind of had their number a little bit in the regular season or playoffs. But that, that's going to be fun, man. I hope that happens. I hope we see that matchup because we're finally seeing the Bills as what they thought we'd. If preseason was eight weeks, they would be. We'd all be talking about them going to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? If they're they cut off the first four weeks of the season five like they're in there so um people say it's crazy nfl used to be 12 weeks but uh point is that like they're in preseason was six actually back in the day oh. but still they they are absolutely insane right now getting hot when you want to good for them actually i stand corrected Vito. you are correct they did win in kansas city in last year 2022 and they won in 2021 as well in kansas yeah, city that's crazy I, I, that I is heard that's that yeah 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 right like, but then they lost in kansas city in 2021 and then last year they lost to cincinnati in the wild card or in the divisional round but yeah they beat yeah this is three straight years in kansas city that buffalo's won somehow so but then they they're scared yeah no I, I at this point i don't think they are either um that's really interesting huh Maybe it was just because I mean they've they've had some really bad memories there too, you know the thirteen second oh, drive they've lost some bad playoff games there, but yeah I don't think this team is scared and they, honestly there is something to it like they've gone through so much adversity this year with all of the injuries that I think they're kind of in that like fuck it mode like hey you know what fuck everyone else we're gonna continue to find ways to win football games people aren't giving us a chance they can play that chip on their shoulder all they want even though they have one of the most talented rosters in all of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. um, but they can do that, you know, and, and the best teams always find a way to do that. Always. Uh, but yeah, the Bills are cooking. And yeah, the Cowboys, look, Monday Night Football, uh, Schefter tweeted out too. It uh, looks like Jalen Hurts will be starting tonight. So um, again, all of you listening right now will know um, how that how that goes. But if the Eagles win this game tonight, then the driver's seat is back on for at least the two seed. And then if somehow, you know, if Baltimore could find a way to upset San Francisco, that'd be awesome. But that's – I just don't think that's going to happen, man. Uh, I just – I don't think anyone's slowing down. But the Cowboys, like – it's funny because this – that game on Sunday night really made me kind of think, like, you know what, maybe this Cowboys team is different. Like, yes, they've had a cake cakewalk schedule. So did the Eagles last year, right? So, like, I can't I can't say that they're a bad football team because they beat everyone in front of them. Like, they're just beating the teams in front of them. But then they have a game like this, you know, and they had the Arizona game. And it kind of is that quick reminder of like, nope, the Cowboys are still the Cowboys. Dak is still going to Dak. Mike McCarthy is still going to Mike McCarthy. Like, this is just what they do every single year. And they, they it's it's very funny because it reminds me a lot of, like, the Donovan McNabb Eagles. And, you know, Dak is just always good. Who could always put up numbers, could get close, could never win the big games, choked in big moments. Um, but, hey, I mean, at the same time, the Cowboys are still really good. They have a really good offensive line. They have a very good defensive line. They can run the ball a little bit, not as good as they have in years past, but that passing offense is really effective. The fact that they can't win games on the road, the fact that they're three and four on the road says a lot about the way this team is built. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to continue to be the same thing. It's it's not even being three and four. It's like how they've played in yeah. those road games. like. They have looked, even though the wins looked like hot garbage and come away with some of them. Um, I, I I don't understand it. So the same old shit to me for the Cowboys, right? 
They're going to get 11, maybe 12 wins, get into the playoffs, and find a way to, to lose in the division round. That's it. Probably. And I will laugh when it happens. All right. Um, Me too, bud. <laughs> last game, Ravens-Jags. Um, the Jaguars are in trouble. Trevor Lawrence banged up. We talked about that earlier. Uh, I, I, I feel bad for uh, our buddy, Nick. I know a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. Ultimately, this Jags team, I think, is kind of what I thought they were earlier in the year. Like, they're a good team. They're not a great team. They have these flaws, and and it's – you look at the roster. You're like, all right, offensive line's pretty good. They've invested a little bit on it. It's not great, but it's not bad. They have some talent there. They can make it work. Running back room, great. Wide receiver room, looks good. Tight end, great. Quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, great. Defensive line, exciting. One, they have one of the best secondaries in the NFL this year statistically, which is amazing. Uh, linebacking room, young, athletic, strong, safeties, yep. And it just doesn't – it's just not working. And I can't figure it out, which is weird because, like, if there's one thing that, like, Doug Peterson, I think, does a really good job of is it's usually creating that, like, culture, that, like, unity. But I do remember saying a lot of the same stuff that I just described about the Jaguars – at the end of the Doug Peterson era in Philly, when I was getting frustrated with stuff, it was just like, why? Like, it's just not clicking. And, and we always, of course, wanted to blame Carson Wentz or a million other factors. But it, it was one of those things where I felt like, all right, Doug is D- Doug is just not quite getting this team fully gelled. And it just feels a little disjointed. I think that's kind of where the Jags are at, where it's like on paper. Now, I also think it's fair to say, and – I guess just because Trevor Lawrence has been in our lives for so long, like we knew about him as a, re- a recruit, you know, coming out of high school as yeah. a five-star recruit. That's kid out of Georgia. He's unbelievable. Never lost a high school football game, right? And goes to college, and he's, we saw him as a true freshman at Clemson and play there for three years. And now, you know, he's – but this really is only his, like, second normal football season. His first year with yes. with with you know everything Urban? with what's his, yeah. with Urban. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot out. his name for Throw a second. No, but you're you're totally right there. <laughs> like it really is only his second season, which don't get me wrong. Like you would expect to see him be a little bit better for the the prospect and all the the hype and the highest rated prospects and Andrew Luck and all that stuff. But I do think we should at least give a little bit. Like we have, he's a kid who's had so much expectations on him and has been so much has been thrown on him. And he really has just consistently delivered and been pretty great, but we just don't give him the same credit because he's not elite. He's not Patrick Mahomes yet. And maybe he is one day, or maybe he just ends up being a really, really good long-term starter. Um, But it does feel like the Jags might be like a year away because they are still really young. The Trayvon Walker thing's a bummer just because they, you know, you draft a guy number one overall, and I know that draft class was really weird, but, like, you just get nothing from this kid. You know, it's it's one of the bigger – like, I'm not going to say bust, um, but it's one of the bigger disappointments at the number one overall pick that we've had in a long time. Because he's not even like Jadavian Clowney, you know, like where Clowney was just an absolute monster, you know, for a couple of years there with Houston and was a legitimately awesome edge rusher, but he just didn't put up the super high sack number. So people wanted to call him a bust. It's like Clowney's still playing damn good for the Ravens. Right. You know, we're just getting nothing from Trayvon Walker right now. And I, that sucks. He's uh, to your point, not like I wouldn't use the term bust yet, but he's got to have an incredible next year to even get probably re-signed on the team um, or two years, I guess. So I know he's he's yeah. This is his second season. Yeah, yeah. So like I, like it's the next two years. I don't even know if he performs like what they're gonna do in his fifth year. Um, but I don't know, man. It, I hope he turns it on because it is a 
especially with Aiden Hutchinson being right after him and having such a good rookie year and such a good next year. It's like that's that puts almost more pressure on him, right? Well, and that was the debate that we had during that draft process, which was like I didn't see – and I still don't necessarily see the high upside with Aiden Hutchinson. Like Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a, a very consistently good player in the NFL for a long time. I don't think he's ever going to be a Bosa. I don't think he's ever going to be Max Crosby or, or Khalil Mack leading the league in, in sacks. But I think he can be like a better version of like Chris Long, you know, or like in that same category of like, hey, dude's going to finish with like 85 plus sacks, maybe maybe get close to 100, be a team captain, be a leadership guy, a Brandon Graham type who plays for a long time, accumulates a ton of sacks. Like I, I think he's going to be more like that because he his floor was way higher than Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker, you draft because you see the freak athlete, you see the twitch, you see everything else that's on there, and you hope that he turns into a guy who can be an absolute game wrecker. And to this point, he just hasn't really. But he's also a unique body type and everything, too. It's it's like he's not a pure edge rusher, but he's also not really like a three technique. And, yeah, it's just it hasn't quite worked out. It, it doesn't mean that it won't, but I don't know. Mean, in meantime, the Ravens uh, yeah. continuing to just Lamar doing Lamar things. The passing numbers are still not impressive, right? Like it's it's still we're still not talking about like awesome awesome numbers here. You know, fourteen to twenty four for one seventy one touchdown. Uh, but we are seeing him start to use his legs a little bit, and unfortunately, Keaton Mitchell going down last night. I don't know if you guys saw the replay of that. No, um, you may you might want to skip it. It's fucking gruesome. Dude, I, I was Where's looking for it, so it came yeah. up, and then it was one of those things where like they didn't want to show it, like whatever. Yeah. I saw on the clip they just didn't have it so i was like it must have been bad i don't really you know yeah like his his knee happen, but... his knee went completely inwards like oh, while shit. running yeah, yeah like and and it's a pretty clean video of, of the shot like they didn't show the replay but they you could see it on the tv bro like the original live broadcast of it and so right. that's when you know it's it's bad if you can see it from there <laughs> yeah. out, oh scotty just looked at it yeah yeah that's gross yeah. dude yeah, and I'm rough. I'm usually I'm good, good with injuries and, yeah. and like gruesome that like even was, a, like that was bad. compound fractures. This is nasty. The knees yeah. do not go that way. That is the opposite way that a leg should go. Yeah, You're not nice. great, not great. Um, but that's a big loss for them because he had turned into a really really good explosive running back. So why when you thought, like, hey Gus Edwards, uh, you get a little bit of a break. You're only going to carry the you know, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's you and Justice Hill again, and it's just going to be the two of you guys. Um. They should build like a. They should. You, you can't build Gus Edwards a statue, but they really should like devote like a little part of their stadium to Gus Edwards because the training room, like give yeah, him something because yeah. like, like he was must have been in the there team already. bus. Yeah. He, yeah, there you go, the Gus bus. Like honestly, because it's <laughs> just he just every year all of these running backs get hurt for Baltimore, and he just continues to be like from practice squad guy to now. This is like five years of him doing this of just showing up in big moments and just being like, I'll stay healthy and run the ball and I'll carry the ball for 16 times for 60 yards and a touchdown. And it's crazy. Two or three. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Baltimore being able to continue to win without Mark Andrews is huge. Uh, They do expect him to be back by the postseason, but. um, Dude, I love what likely he's doing though. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're using him in in unique ways because he's, he, again, he's another one who's a kind of a weird body type. Um, Athletic as hell though. Super athletic. Uh, but still kind of raw, kind of like Njoku a little bit, like when Njoku was younger and trying to figure things out. Um, 
but they at least have a decent wide receiver room there. Like Zay Flowers has been quiet the last couple of weeks, but has been awesome as a rookie. Rashad Bateman seemed to come along a little bit this year. And then OBJ still gives you vintage OBJ games and moments where he comes in with like three catches. Um, yeah, the Ravens are really good. And I think they're probably going to end up as the one seed. Um, what is their remaining schedule? I know they have one. They have to play, I think, Pittsburgh again. Niners. They have the Niners game. Oh, yeah. So they have Dolphins, Niners. Oh, man. Niners, Dolphins, Steelers to close it out. It's gonna be Oof. a tough. That's gonna be a tough stretch. And so then, if they don't get it, then no. But we can't let Patrick Mahomes waltz into the one seed one more time. <laughs> and no, I agree. I well, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, Dolphins have a really tough schedule too, and and so the Dolphins. I and... don't want the oh, Ravens man. to win against us next week, but I do not want Mahomes to get the one seed. That would be wild. After as shitty as they played this year, can you imagine? If well, so, the one, we need to have, like, you know, in, in fantasy leagues, how everyone's, like, towards the end, like, hey, no collusion. No collusion. You can't drop players and all. Let's have some fucking NFL. Can we get the Chiefs out of the one seed? We're tired of playing at Arrowhead, okay? No one wants to do it. Just switch it up. Let the Ravens get it. Until until up. Mahomes wins a playoff game on the road, is he even a good quarterback? Like, I probably we, not. we don't know, right? We, we have no idea. Yeah, I don't um, that's interesting though, because Miami is one game back on Baltimore. If Baltimore loses to San Francisco, then they would end ba- and Miami wins, then they would have the same record. And then Miami, Baltimore, whoever wins that game, if if Kansas City wins out and they're 12 and 5, it's possible. Like if Miami yeah, beats and they're sitting there saying, You guys go beat up on each other. I don't care. We're gonna just win our game. <laughs> Dude, what if Kansas City ends up? I though I think with the tie break, no, because Kansas City beat Miami head to head. Miami, yeah. But they did. So then it would be whoever is the better record in the AFC this between sucks. Baltimore and Kansas it's City. Fu- fucking Chiefs, dude. They're gonna do it. We were one game back last week. The Broncos were one game behind the Chiefs, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, they're probably gonna be the ones. Ah, uh, how probably the not gonna make turn tables. Right, it's crazy. Ugh. All right, well, that's everything we got here on the podcast. Uh, leaving you guys on a very positive note. Uh, everyone have a wonderful week. Uh, later in the week, we will be back to preview. Uh, my, I got We got holiday stuff coming up, so we're going to make sure we get everything out in time for your holiday travels. Uh, you guys can have us if you're going on a plane, driving somewhere. Read Option will be with you. So uh, not sure exactly what we're going to do for after Christmas. Um, I might do a solo pod and just recap some of the games. If the boys are around, maybe we can hop on and do something quick on the 26th, but um, we will have plenty of stuff coming out. So just be ready for that. Uh, Thank you to the boys as always. Thank you to all of you for listening. And we will be back later on the week getting you guys ready for week 16. And uh, until then, if you are traveling, good luck, travel safe, happy early holidays. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later in the week. So until then, take it easy, everybody.